The road to success is not straight. There's a curve called failure. There's a loop called confusion. Speed bump called friends. Red light called enemies. Caution lights called family. You will have flats called jobs. But if you have a spare called determination, an engine called perseverance, insurance called faith, you will make it to a place called success. listeners and to our regular listeners welcome to specificity spell it s-p-e-c-i-f-i-c-i-t-y where we ask specific questions about specific topics getting specific answers the meaning of specificity is the state of being clearly defined or identified to be precise exact or distinguished okay we should be fine now. Okay, this episode, we will be addressing the topic, what black people need from a president. And joining me today is Joy Pozo, a potential 2032 presidential candidate and general manager in the restaurant business. He is also involved in day trading stocks and cryptocurrency, as well as art and asset brokering. Uh, Joe, we already spoke a little bit about this week's topic. Uh, question number one, what presidential party will you represent, Democrat, Republican, or Independent? Yeah, so uh, basically, it depends on how the political landscape shapes over the next 10 to 12 years. And it's really not a, a long period of time when you put it in perspective. So right now, I lean more to the right. I would run as a Republican. I'm a conservative myself. Uh, my, my ideological views fall more in line with that. And for the most part, what they represent, some I'm on the fence about a few things, as I am with the other side, but there's two sides to every issue. So. Uh, if, if things change, there's a lot of people in this country right now that are pushing for, you know, the abolishment of the two-party system, which could have its benefits and it could have its uh, downfalls as well. But right now, the way that it's looking, I don't think we're going to see that kind of a major structural change politically in that amount of time. So it would probably be the Republican Party unless, you know, there was something that I was going to be running against that I didn't think I could defeat um, for the nomination for that party or has already garnered a lot of you know, steam and momentum. So maybe I'll run independent, uh, try to create my own party. But right now it's looking like a Republican party. Now, one thing we're finding out, especially as we do more research is that whoever funds your campaign, they have a large say of the stance you take or the issues that you address, at least initially. So the question that we have is who are you going to seek to fund your political campaign? Yeah, yeah, and, and I like this one because I like I like the points you made, and there, there's really no avoiding that. If somebody's giving you money, they're going to have some sort of influence, and if they don't, they're not going to give you money. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, 
that's why that's why you know I decided to, this, to do this thing uh, at a young age. I, a lot of people have this dream when they're very young, but I'm 26, so I consider that to be young still in perspective. But uh, I'm actually going to look to to fund my own campaign mm. uh, with my own create my own resources. Uh, if, if I'm not you know able to, I'll, I'll probably run a smaller campaign. I really don't want anybody else's money for it because, like I said, in the point you made, I don't want anybody trying to dip their fingers in what I got going on or, or manipulate the things I'm going to say or do. I'm pretty, you know, transparent. I say things the way I see it, the way that I think it. I've always been that way. If I have an opinion and I'm wrong about it, I'll admit I'm wrong, but I don't want anybody influencing anything that I'm going to do or say because I'm just me. Okay, so you got your own funding, uh, got your own political campaign. What is the, the target group or the target issue? the campaign well right now i think the only right answer for that would be everybody i mean right now personally I, i've got a lot of a lot of different people in my life a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds ethnicities faiths and uh really i don't like to segregate any particular issue i know that it's necessary sometimes because different things affect different people but like i said still that's that's a ways away so I don't know what's going to be going on in the country by then. Hopefully, in a perfect world, which is not going to be the case, unfortunately, but I keep hope that by the time that time comes, I will be speaking to everyone. You know, because it's not, the solution doesn't need to just come from me. Like, if, if the solution to everything is going to come from me 12 years from now, like, that, that's that's a problem. Yeah. There, should, there shouldn't be so much controversy for the next decade plus to where we're still, you know, if you have to ask me this same question and i hope we have this interview again several times before then but before before i run if you have to ask me this same question a decade from now like we've got problems <laughs> we've got major problems so uh, i'm gonna go with everybody because that's how i that's how i hope that it's gonna shape out uh between now and then but it doesn't seem likely you know, for your potential supporters and for the listeners what makes you different than any other president that we've had what makes me different is that I'm just, you know, like I said earlier, I'm transparent. I'm straight up, straightforward. What, what you're going to get exactly what you're going to get with for me every single time. Some, you know, I'm not saying that people's opinions and views don't change. I've had a lot of that, especially in the last five or six years since I really started to try and uh, get involved in and, and show a lot more interest in politics. But uh, you're going to get what you see. And, uh, I'm just going to be transparent. I'm going to try to be as bipartisan as possible. Uh, like I said, I know there's two, two sides to every issue, and nobody, you know, nobody's going to have a stance on anything that everybody's going to agree with, unless it's like pure base. You know, like you think, like, you know, if I say everybody should be nice to everybody, I mean, only a certain type of people is going to disagree with that. If I say you should respect everybody, only a certain type of person is going to disagree with that. So general consensus there's not going to be anything that everybody agrees with you on, but I'm going to try to be as bipartisan and as, uh, you know, universally uh, understanding to everyone as possible, which, you know, is a, is a tough task, but I'm just going to try to be as close to the middle as I can without, you know, compromising my own beliefs because I still have my own beliefs, my own standards, and I'm going to stick by that. Now, for those who don't know, what does bipartisan mean? Bipartisan means as close to the middle of the political spectrum as possible. So, you know, we have the right and we have the left. And there are certain things that you would believe that 
people generally believe they're on the right uh, in, in, in comparison to the left in the same nature, but as close to the middle from right or left as possible. You know, whatever you can see and believe and create that everyone will agree with, for the most part, that would make you bipartisan. Not a Democrat, not a Republican. You know, people use the term independent. I don't believe that an ind- like an independency or a middle ground really exists because then you get into libertarian and other things. Like, people still have their own beliefs. And this is why a lot of people want to abolish the two-party system because it creates this general mold of what right and left are. And no matter what you say you are, even if you're independent, you're going to have more views that are right, you're going to have more views that are left. And some of them are going to outweigh others. But trying to be as close to the middle of the political spectrum as possible, it's basically, you know, if more people agree with you from both sides, that, that puts you closer to bipartisan. And let me let me ask you this one for the younger viewers. What are the yeah. the core fundamental beliefs of the left and of the right? So for me, I'll start with the right just because it's obviously the one that I'm more familiar with. Um, basic, you know, fundamental American values. Uh, you know, the Constitution is really big uh, not for the Republican Party, but, you know, just for the, the right wing, for the conservatives. Big on freedom of speech, big on America first. We're big on supporting our military. We're big on, you know, people getting to go to school where they want. Um, I know I'm getting, I'm getting to a little, you know, specifics, but we're big on, you know, strong national security, strong borders. Just putting, putting us first, you know, because we spend a lot of, a lot of money in a lot of places around the, around the world. And we've got a lot of issues here of our own that we're not addressing. And, uh, to the left, they're a little bit more, I don't want to use the term radical because it's going to sound <laughs> like I'm making it, you know, my, my personal opinion, but uh, just a little bit more far-fetched, a little bit more progressive in, you know, to put in their words, progressive meaning, you know, try something new, try and change this, try and change that, see what we can make better. And I'm all about making things better, but if we're going to get away from the fundamental, you know, things that our country was built on, if we're going to start infringing on freedom of speech, if we're going to start taking things from people that they have the right to have, if we're going to start telling people what they can do, when they can do it, where they can do it, how they can do it, I'm, I'm not about that. But, um, you know, we can't make everything better by telling everybody what to do and when they can do it. But it seems to be what we're moving forward with right now. And um, it's got some support, it's got some backlash, but we'll see. Okay. Now, you know the the stance and the context that I speak from from the show is predominantly for the African-American and black community. So with that yeah. in mind, what will you do specifically to benefit that community, this community? First thing is you have to try to understand. And a lot of people, anybody like me can get, you know, go out on social media or, or, or get on a podcast or, or talk amongst their peers or friends or even anybody they just met and say whatever they want. I mean, Anybody can act like they know what they're talking about, but you really need to truly, as a president, I think you need to try to understand. I mean, nothing against, <laughs> I mean, everybody has their opinions. I have positive and negative. Nothing against Donald Trump, but this guy doesn't know anything about the black community. Um, he, you know, which I was proud of, but he boasted about, you know, the unemployment rates being at all-time lows for not only the black community, but, you know, all minorities. But this guy doesn't know a damn thing about black folks, their culture, the black community, anything. I think I have a leg up on that. Um, 
I mean, you and I halfway grew up together, you know. Uh, I spent a lot of time around you, your family, our friends. I just, I think people need to try and understand how people think, the way they, they, the way they live their lives, the way that they see things, and you never fully can. But you've got to try to understand so that that way you can have like a conversation like this. We can, you and I can sit here and have a conversation. We could disagree on everything in the world, but we can sit here and have a conversation just because we're trying to understand how the, how the, how the other person is thinking until we do that and just stop blindly going out and saying, we think what people need. It's not like, we're not going to get anywhere. People do, you know, we got to, there's got to be more involvement. There's going to be more going out, getting into these communities, talking to people face to face, going through their everyday life with them and then, you know, trying to shape it from there. If you don't know anything about it, you don't, I mean, you don't have an opinion worth a damn. So basically to, to, to better answer it, uh, try to, try to understand what I need to understand. Try to implement policy that's going to actually help. Help in what um, way? Because that's, that's vague. Well, like specifically what I could throw out some, some topics at you to see how you would, uh, how you would benefit it. Um, or maybe you have some of your own. Okay. Um, yeah. The main thing I'm learning is that we, we lack labor skills. Oh, and this is a side note, too. I'm learning in life, there is no try. Either we do it or we don't. Either it's yes or no. Either it's will or won't. That's a side note, though. We'll come back to that one. Um, I'm learning that we lack labor skills. A lot of us have, not a lot of us, uh, some of us have degrees, and we have jobs where we're not even in the field that we studied for, for our undergrad. So we have these degrees, yet we are able to fix the plumbing in our home or the electric or our car. So we're lacking labor skills. So my question yeah. is, what will you do to reindustrialize the high schools, especially in the predominantly African-American areas? Because we need that. So what will you do for sure in that intention? Yeah, for sure. And when, we, when we think about, you know, what does reindustrialize mean? Um, you know, social, economic, you know, political movement to, to change the economic status in the area, the economic, you know, upbringing of an area. It starts with our schools, man. Like it, it really does. I mean, I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. I learned zero things in high school that I use in my everyday life. Nothing. Like they didn't teach me anything about credit, taxes, trades. I mean, we, we, we went to the same high school. If you wanted to learn something, you had to go up to Stillwater or the trade school and actually learn something. And you can start that early on. We need to instill educational programs in our schools everywhere, not not just in black communities, everywhere, so people are more prepared for their actual life. And they need to learn how to do things. They need to learn how to get their hands on something and create something. They need to learn how to get their hands on something and fix something. Home ec ain't just going to do it. I'm sorry. Like, everybody's not going to be a housewife or a house husband. Let me do this. Let me be it's more just, specific. Yeah. What, yeah. what, as president, what will you enact? What legislation will you pass or policies or procedures will you pass that forces these trades to come back into the high schools? Or, or will you? I mean, that's an honest question. I mean, I don't want to say force it, but I mean, it, it, you know, it very well may, it may come down to that. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to implement some kind of policy. I don't know what it would be yet. Hmm. But like I said, we've got to put these trades into schools and we've got to universalize it. It can't just be the schools that have more money. It can't just be the schools that are more privileged. You know, they have better backing. They have better and better communities. Like we've got to go in to everywhere and create better schools. We need to educate more teachers. We need to put 
you know, I mean, you you do educating yourself, don't you? I do. For a little bit? Yeah, so, I mean, we need to put, you know, more folks need to be in that position. <clears throat> Given an opportunity, we've got to find more money for them somehow. We need to stop, you know, this will be part of my tax plan. We need to stop, you know, all the money that we need to stop spending everywhere else in the world. Our educators are very important people. Yeah. Especially if they're teaching more important things. Like, these people need to make more money. It come, like, it, I, it's very specific, but these people need to make more money. Yeah. And they need to make more money to educate people better. Like, we, I don't need to know how to play an instrument. If I want to learn how to play an instrument, I'll go and do it on my own. I don't need to know how to run around a circle on a track. You know, we do physical education. I That's important. I get it. But, like, we need to have tax, like, classes. We need to have yeah. <laughs> trade classes. People need to go in the school. And it can be an elective. If you don't want your per- your kid working with a handsaw or a welder in school, could, by all means, opt out of it. But these, you know, if somebody wants to learn how to do something, they need to be given the opportunity to do so in public school. It shouldn't just be paying to go to school somewhere to learn how to do something. If, if somebody wants to learn how to be a productive member of society and learn how to do something, that option has to be there. It just has to. And we got to pay people good to teach it because if we don't, the people that are good at teaching it aren't going to do it. Mm. Uh, so we talked about the jobs, and once we have skills, then that opens the door to having our own businesses, to um, community improvement, because now we can go to each other for, for these trades, and we'll be quality of doing the job. Uh, and I'm sure you you know where this next question is going. It's going on um, the mass shootings. So I have a quote that I'd like to read for you, a, a, a brief excerpt, if you will. So we've seen numerous scenarios of unarmed people, mostly African-American, killed by police. And at the same time, we've seen numerous mass and school shooters, uh, mostly white, because 66% of them are Caucasian males. Um, They're armed with assault rifles and they're taken into custody with minimal damage. So I'm I'm gonna throw it again at you. We've seen numerous scenarios where mostly African-American males are either killed or um, extreme bodily injury. And we've seen mass shooters who are mostly Caucasian males. Very rarely, very rarely are they banged. Very rarely are they killed. And so I'm seeing a disparity. So on a consistent basis, I'm asking, how was one armed with military-grade weaponry taken alive after killing or hurting multiple people while one who was unarmed shot and killed with so, with so little hesitation? Why do you think that is? Well, this is where this is where it gets touchy. So it does. I'll start. I'll start with saying um, I don't. I hate making the comparisons just because we're talking about the loss of life, but it's not something that is that simply avoidable. And you know, to be realistic, it is happening. Uh, I'll be honest with you: the statistics won't will not show that it's happening at these alarming rates that people want you to think. But it is happening. It shouldn't be happening at all. So <clears throat> I think it's possible just because our policing is not where it needs to be. We're not we're not on it like it should be. We're not educating police officers. I mean, if you're going if you're going out armed in the community basically with a ticket not not to do whatever you want, but to do most things that people can't just do with their regular everyday lives and, and be excused by it, I don't think that that should be a week's worth of a process. I mean, we should be, our military takes three months. If you go to Paris Island and turn to be a Marine, it takes you three months. And we're going out in other countries and, and, and messing with other people. So we're putting people in communities that they don't know anything about, that they've never spent a day in. 
and expecting them to police communities that you know they don't know anything about the people there. There's no there's no trust. So a lot of the people, especially in the black community, from what I've heard, would be more paranoid or nervous <clears throat> seeing a police officer than you know feeling comfortable or safe or protected. And I think that's how everybody should feel when they're around. But you know the the disparage in that number. There's no there's no explanation for that. Like it, it, it comes down to a more finite issue of what what are we doing in our homes? What are we teaching in our homes? How are we bringing kids up? Because like no nobody should be going to a school and killing a bunch of kids, regardless of the color of their skin or their 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 gender or whatever they believe anything. Like nobody nobody should just nobody should be doing that. I think everybody could agree on that. So we've got a. It, it comes down to what's going on in the homes, and the problem right now is that we can't monitor how people are raising their kids or what they're teaching their kids or what they're saying for their kids or what they're allowing their kids to to do or watch you know i i don't i know people that like weren't allowed to play certain video games growing up and stuff like that i don't think that really falls into play because i've played a lot of a lot of violent video games i've played a lot of sports video games i've never shot up at a school and i've never ended up in the nba or the nfl so i don't think the video games or television or anything have that great of an influence we got to figure out what's going on in homes and what we can do to influence that because nobody should be shooting up schools <clears throat> and as far as the policing goes you know <laughs> we've, we've got to be we've got to be better on it like people cannot just be going out pulling guns on anybody for whatever reason you know if you feel threatened by somebody maybe you should like back off speak from a distance like you've got speakers and shit in your car for a reason like speak from a distance if you if you really feel that threatened that you need to pull a gun on somebody for not rolling their window down like they're probably not they're rolling their window down because they feel threatened by you mm. speak from a distance communicate then if somebody wants to take off okay you know then maybe you chase them down and it gets a little bit more but 99 out of 100 times you're not ending up in a car chase you're not going to get attacked by somebody in their car like you're not it's just not going down that way and we've got, you know, folks going out with a badge on their chest, just doing whatever they want and putting their hands on whoever they want, however they want. And, you know, I don't think we should defund police or disarm them or anything like that or policing funding. But if, you know, maybe in some places if there's a greater police presence and there's less, you know, chance of, you know, more crime and that leads to less influence on the youth in those areas. I don't know, but we've got to we've got to do something because there's there's you know our crime rates are terrible in less fortunate communities, and that leads you know there's not a lot of policing there, and when there is policing there, it's people that are not familiar, and they get in there, they don't know what to do, they don't know how to communicate, they don't know how to act, and that's why they see these things. I came across some information recently where I believe somewhere <coughs> in California, Los Angeles, uh, they mm-hmm. they do eye cams on their glasses, or they yeah. have um, you know body cams that are a little bit more uh, visible. A little bit more apparent. Everybody should be wearing that. And they say that it, yeah. it it's boosted uh, trust and um, they're a lot less hostile when dealing with them. They feel a lot more safe. I think I think that's one. Uh, I think another thing that needs to happen is there needs to be a level of accountability. Remember that form I sent to you? And for the audience, I'll yep. tell them. It was essentially yeah. a <clears throat> HR document for the police that says if you kill somebody unarmed, or any of these guidelines, 
it's automatic, uh, a hate crime or automatic 25 years. Like for instance, shooting somebody unarmed, that will fall under that category. I mean, if you un if you unrightfully shoot somebody and kill them, like you should, you, uh, this is going to be more of an archaic view, but you should either see the same fate or at least spend the rest of your life in prison. Because what worries me and is, I don't think. Go ahead. <laughs> but no, I mean, in uh, in another thing, like you said, accountability that you know, having an HR reform where they have to acknowledge this. Mm -hmm. It's the fact that something like this is not already in place is like he, like massive, massive, massive issue. I, I don't think we should have to tell somebody, you know, like if you can't just kill somebody and not be held accountable. But I mean, it happens. I've paid behind all, it. All over the place. And I think I mean, what helps so, as well is, um, you say in the home, uh, I read a, a study a while ago during my undergrad, and it said that most of the time kids spend watching TV more than anything. And now it's on their phones. Mm -hmm. So now we have to ask, what are they watching? Like, for instance, if I watch the news tonight and I hear the adjectives violent, criminal, um, I could throw a couple out, uh, deranged, any any something that, that's synonymous with, they're usually talking about a 17 to 21-year-old African-American male who committed a crime. So now we got to look into the propaganda and the programming. You know, if yes. I, every time I turned on the news in these certain words or... Uh, adjectives are associated with this certain group. People who don't think for themselves are going. It's like people wearing masks in their car when they're by themselves. There's not yeah, a lot of thinking going sense. on. It's just doing what they're telling me to do. So that's another because issue. Because your brain is because your brain is programmed, bro. Your brain is pro like if you don't. When I play a, a video game, okay, and I hit a three-point shot at the buzzer or something, in my head, you know what goes off. I hear the dude from TV for so many years going, bang, that guy on TV for the NBA. Mm -hmm. Like, your brain, your brain, you hear certain things. It programs it in the back of your head. And your brain is programmed. Like, that's the first thing you're going to think or see or hear, like, when, when, when you see a certain face or you hear a certain name or anything. It, you're programmed. So, like you're saying, when, when the news is going out, when they're going out here, not even on the news to anybody, when people go out and they use certain adjectives and certain things to describe certain folks, especially more often than not, or others, you're going to see somebody and you're going to think something. Yeah. Subconscious, subconsciously almost. And, you know, it is, it is propaganda. They're pushing a lot of crap. Like, there's no, I wouldn't say valid, but reliable source for information anymore like you know we go out and i'm sure you do the same when i when i read about something i try to read about it in a few different places and see who's saying what because at the end of the day these are human beings on the other end of that screen writing these things in there yeah people human human people are in control of these things some somebody's got to put it on there somebody's got to put it to print somebody's somebody, got to say somebody it owns that news thank it exactly and they've all got their own you know fox news typically leans towards the right cnn msnbc typically leans towards the left OAM leans way to the right. Like everybody's got their own opinions. You're not turning on Fox News. They, I, yeah, I probably agree with damn near everything they say, but they're not right about everything. And everything they're saying is not truthful. CNN, I disagree with everything they say. Half the time, I think it's hilarious, but they, they can't just not be saying anything ever. And they're definitely not telling the truth all the time. Nobody is out here blatantly honest bipartisan right down the middle nobody cares 
about anything on television but getting their point across. How do and we, they want you to think that. How do we change that culture? Or at least adjust it to where it's a little bit more stable and concrete? <laughs> well, that goes back to the human issue. I mean, yeah. I can't I can't control... I could pay somebody everything in the world. I could pay you a million dollars a week. I actually could not, but <laughs> were, were I able to, I could pay anybody a million dollars a week to go on TV and say, this is what I want you to say every single time. This is how I want you to say it. This is who I want you to be saying it to. These are the words that I want you to use. That person is still a human being. They could be like, oh, man. It's like somebody, you know, that has a job and they wake up one day and they're just like, oh, my God. Like, I don't know what it is. I mean, I've done it. And they just don't go to work. They just don't want to get out of bed, whatever. They're still getting, they're getting paid to be there if they show up and they just don't. And then they lose their job. Like, yeah. you never know. You cannot control <laughs> Unless we move forward with like some Elon Musk type thing and merge a biological being with some sort of AI that you can program. That's the only way you can control what a human is going to do. And that's way in the future. Mm. Human beings are going to be human beings. So now it comes down to the accountability of our own actions. Yeah. We have to go and just be honest. We've got to say it the way we see it. We have to use the information that we have and relay that information accurately and we just got to try to be honest. Nobody's ever going to be 100% honest, even if they try. But, you know, we've got to find some sort of way to bring people together to where there's at least the common ground of we should not lie. And we shouldn't smear people. And we shouldn't... Go ahead. Now, let me, let me reemphasize two things as, a, you know, as the presidential candidate. Two things that that I need from you from a personal and selfish perspective. One is the the trades. I think that's going to solve a lot of issues uh, from within because a lot of our issues are economic. They tie it to, you know, upbringing and community. And those things play a part. At the end of the day, yeah. if people are doing differently economically, you think different, you move different, your self-esteem is different. And I think that's where 100%. a lot of our issues stem from. The second thing is that the hate bill. Um, and I'm going to say it for the, for the audience who don't know. A hate crime is, by definition, any incident, typically one involving violence motivated by prejudice on the basis of race, religion, sexual orientation, or other grounds. And so what my question is, will you pass a hate crime bill for the killing of an unarmed, uh, keyword, unarmed black person by police to ensure accountability on both parts of the citizen and the armed officer? Absolutely. And, and to even further put it, as a part of the bill, I mean, like, you know how you have some of your questions, you have an A and a B and you have different points of emphasis, like there needs to be a clause, mm, okay. even if somebody is armed, even if somebody is armed, because armed can mean many different things. Okay. There's a lot of people, even, even in minority communities, if you look from the data that we've been able to record, the Statistics Bureau, over half of people that are carrying guns, even in minority communities, black communities, Hispanic, whoever, over half of them are licensed to carry that firearm. Okay. The United, the United States is big about people being able to carry a firearm. Like, if you want to go get a firearm and you've never committed a violent crime or threatened somebody and, you know, had legal reparations for it, like, you can go and buy a weapon. You can go and train to own that weapon, take a safety class, and you can buy a weapon and own it. Like, I'm all for it. I think everybody should carry a gun. That's just me. But, you know, if you even if you kill somebody that's armed, like... Eat, you know, whether it's a hate crime or not, like it needs to be in there. Like, if somebody is licensed to carry that firearm and they don't act in a manner 
and this goes back to the body cams, like everybody needs to be wearing them so we know what's being said and what's being done and how it's being done. Mm. Like, you need to be held accountable. I don't care if somebody's armed or not. I don't care if they're open carry and you see it and feel threatened. Like, you do not, like, you just don't do it. You cannot just be out here killing people because you feel threatened or because you think they're armed or even if you know they're armed. If somebody doesn't pull a weapon on you, you shouldn't be pulling a weapon out and using violent or deadly force, period. Like, people need people need to be held accountable. If you kill anybody, no matter if you're a police officer or not, and it's unjust, now, if somebody comes in your home right now while we're doing this and threatens and they're trying to fucking kill you and take all your shit, like, you should be able to kill that person. Sorry. But, <laughs> I mean, if you, if you, you know, but more specifically, yes, like, I, the, some sort of bill needs to be in place because this still is happening too one once a year is too often once ever is too often so until it's completely eliminated yeah like we need to be there needs to be legislation in place that holds people accountable 100 percent of the time it doesn't i know it's how courts work but back to the human nature perspective like juries are human beings and if there is viable undeniable indisputable evidence on camera and audio that you committed the crime of taking an unarmed person's life, regardless of the color of skin, like you need to be held accountable. And you need to be held accountable in the same, same exact, and, and I'm being serious, 100% accountability in the same way that you are if you take a white person's life, as opposed to taking a black person's life. Like if you, you shouldn't be getting off because the person has a lighter color of skin than you killed. Here's, or have have more have more 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 um, consequence rather. Here's how I think of it: non deadly force, non deadly force. Yep. Violent force, violent force. Non violent, non violent, deadly, deadly. Yeah. Hey, whatever it has to match, it has to be a correlation, it has to be appropriate. That's the main thing that, and we'll, we'll, we'll put that in a subsection C, like we were talking about. Okay, this is the final question I have. And I pulled this one from some of your uh, Facebook conversations you've had with people. Yeah. Okay, many people claim that America is racist. What are your thoughts? And I'm going I'm to specify uh, for the, the audience the difference between racism and bigotry. Racism is a yeah. systematic advantage or disadvantage designed to enable or disable a group of people based on their membership to a particular racial or ethnic group. For example, not being able to drink from a water fountain or it's against a law for you to read. That is racism, where it's punishable legally. Bigotry is an attachment to a belief, opinion, or prejudice against a person or people on the basis of their membership of a particular group. If you wanted to say... White cars, the blue cars, the green cars are slower than other ones. So it's not really science-based. It's more opinionated. That is the difference. So for the audience out there, just because someone discriminates against you, that's not racism. Racism is a system, a political system enforceable through laws, policies, and procedures. So here's my question for you. Many people claim America is racist. What's your thoughts? Uh, I would I would disagree with him 100% to the present. Historically, I, I, I'm sorry. Like, if we're still having a debate of what, whether or not America is historically racist, like, people just, A, need to go back to school or B, just open a book. I mean, yes, historically, like, institutionally and just values-wise, like, America 
at a point in time was a racist country. Like we forcibly, sometimes non-forcibly, because sometimes people are just trying to get away, but forcibly, and nobody, not a lot of people know that, but forcibly, you know, bringing people here against their will, putting them to work, barely to eat, to get beaten, you know, slavery was not, not a good thing for us or for anybody else. <clears throat> and a lot of major civilizations in the world, which human, humanitarian-wise I'm not proud of, but were built on slavery. Egypt did it. I mean, a lot of people have done it. Asia has done it. <clears throat> but we are not a major civilization in comparison to some of these, you know, great dynasties around the world. Like we are less than 400 years old. Like we haven't been over here for a while. Like this is a, you know, we're talking about a few generations. <laughs> this is not, America is not this long lasting, long being place. And a lot of things from back then, from when we were first getting going, even from 80 years ago, still comes into play. Like people's grandparents are still here. And, you know, for lack of better terminology, shitty people exist. And they're always going to exist. People are going to learn things. They're going to hear things. It's going to change their way of thinking for the negative. Now, but now remember, that's bigotry. I'm talking about racism. Yeah. Systems. Systemic. Yeah. I mean, you got to show me the, the racist system or the racist, you know, industry or the, the racist, you know, I, I've got to see it. I can't have people tell me, you know, the court system is racist or whatever and that but I don't see it statistically now folks in the black community make up a much 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 lesser percent of our population but for whatever reason it balances out with crime statistics like we're committing more crime so I don't understand where the disparage or the disparity is between when we're talking about a racist system in the United States I don't see what the system is and I haven't been given any a good example of how. Do you want one? Sure. Okay. What I always do is go to the fundamentals when I address anything. Yeah. What is the fundamentals? Sure. So what was America founded on? Mm. No, I'm asking. What, what was it founded on? Uh, it's founded on <laughs> a, a, to this point, slavery, and B, which is contradictory, freedom. Okay, so... It was founded on slavery. Now, who who wrote the paperwork or the Constitution? Who wrote that? What did they look Our like? Founding fathers, founding fathers, and early early uh, settlers and such—they're all white. Okay, so we'll, we'll put that to the side. Um, yep. And just throwing random things at you, so we make a correlation. If you go to sure. any hospital, if you go most, what's well, not any? If you go to most hospitals, most banks. Uh, most institutions that have a decent amount of power, leverage, or finances, who dominates the, the board of directors, the decision makers? Uh, white, white folks, predominantly, if you look in the largest 150 cities in the United States, uh, white women, or women in general, actually in management positions, white people. more often than not. White people. Yeah. Okay. When you turn on billboards or... Um, even the news, people who give us our information, typically, what color are they? I I mean, I tend to gris- disagree that it's mostly white people, but we could say. No, no, no. no I see I'm a lot asking. of different people in the news. I see a lot of different people in the news around here. I'm talking about across the board. Predominantly, what do you see? Probably white folks. Okay. 
So we made that correlation from way back. And now I'm just throwing mm-hmm. random things at you. It's not even specified or planned. I'm just throwing random things at you. And you still see no correlation between the two. Between the people that founded it and took advantage of a of a certain group for their benefit to represent their intentions. And this is what we're seeing so many years later. So many so many years later. You you still not making that connection. No, there's a there's a connection, but it gets into what you know. What is the solution? Do we just okay? So tell hold on. somebody we're going too fast. You have to. What is the connection though? The, the connection is there's more white people in positions of power than black. And that's that's what I'm saying. And we we found that fast. That's yeah, what I mean, I'm there's saying. No, there's no denial. There's no denial to that. But what is the solution? Okay. Are we just going to go into all these people's businesses and all of these different corporations and say, listen? Because it sounds a little bit like racism. Like you have to, you have to have this amount of people be, because this is the color of their skin. No, no, that's farther on down the line. Because there's plenty of folks that are well educated. That's not. That's you're, not. You're too that's far. Not even a guess. Like you're losing yourself. You're too <laughs> like, far. Come back here with me. Come back here. Now, why do you think that it's so many, so much more many people in positions of power through a system than anyone else of any other ethnicity or origin? Why do you think that is? Because there's a lot less black folks here. We can't, I mean, I don't understand that. We can't just forcibly make black folks successful. Like, we, I can't do it. I can't, I, half the time, I sleep in too late. Like, I have a problem making myself successful when I'm trying. But now, why do you think they're not as successful? Hold on, don't, don't, stay with me. Why do you think they're not, yeah. in your opinion, not as successful? Why do you think that is? One big thing for me in the black community is the single motherhood rate. The single motherhood rate I'm glad you brought is that upwards up. of 70, 70 per, over 70%, bro. Now, where are the fathers? fathers in the household. Where are the fathers? Lord knows. No, you know. Where are the fathers? People, people, <laughs> people like to tell you that they're out committing crimes or in jail or doing other things, but... Now, who enacted the laws that put them in jail and got them out of their homes? Because something a lot of people don't know is um, for the struggling families, if you want help, a lot of times they wouldn't allow the male into uh, public housing or for for a little while, even for assistance with daycare. You had it was a requirement to put the father on child support. You can go to jail for not paying. Yeah, they might have changed it recently. Um, and now you go to jail for that. So what I'm doing is I'm walking you through from, from the origin and the intention, the intention, the paperwork's different. The presentation's a little bit different. What I'm saying is, in my opinion, I feel the intention is still the same. Because what has really changed? And I'm asking, I'm, it's not a double-edged sword question or the setup question i'm really two people conversating what has really changed from the origin into now uh basically what we're trying to make people believe is freedom but what does freedom mean to me freedom means everybody has an equal opportunity to do whatever they want everybody gets to say whatever they want you should get to go to school wherever you want you should get to learn from whomever you want you should get to believe whatever you want pray to whomever you want and I think right now, not everybody is getting the same opportunity. I don't care about the same outcome. We can't just go of course. and give everybody a bunch of money. 
you know, or we can't just go and say, hey, you've got to have this many black folks employed here as you have white folks or as you have Latinos or as you have Indian folks or Asian folks. Like, we cannot force that. That in and of itself, in a way, is racism. We're making you do something based on the color of somebody's skin. We can't do that. Or discrimination, however you want to put it. But, you know, if if we keep doing things the same way, politically and policy-wise, we're not getting anywhere. We've got to go implement policy that specifically target these areas, these people, and give them a fair shake. People need to all have the same opportunity. What they do with their opportunity is on them. That comes down to human nature. Give me an example. For specificity, give me an example of this. Um, this policy. Better, better schooling. We need, you know, better schooling. We need better policing in these areas. People don't like the opinion, but I think the the quickest solution is to load these places up with the police. If there's more of a police presence, there's going to be less crime. It shows. From there, people are, you know, out. They're not out committing as much crime. They're in school. They're in the classroom. They're in the home, learning something from their par- their, their parents. Hopefully, it would be both parents moving forward sooner sooner and more often than not but it, it comes down to what's being taught in the schools it comes down to what's you know being taught in the homes and if i've got to do something to to make it so then i'd more likely to try and we only have a few more minutes and, and this is uh, i do have an honest question for you because you're going to come up with this you're running for president it's a certain intention yeah. it's a reason every president has been has been white except for barack obama and in my opinion that was one of the worst periods in time for us. That's when it really came to light with the uh, uh, police shootings. And uh, to me, that wasn't uh, the greatest time for us. Emotionally, it was amazing because we look and see that in office. When it comes to paperwork, yeah. legislation, and actual uh, moves being made, policies and procedures, we nothing really happened, in my opinion. That's something I'm really, that's something I'm really gr- glad that we agree on because... Like you said, anecdotally, you know, for black folks, like it's great, you know, you know, that's their guy, the <laughs> Obama's in. It's great to see that it's empowering or however you want to put it. But I'm not his biggest fan just because I don't think he did a lot of things that a lot of actual things, like you're saying, policy, paperwork, implementation of things that were empowering to the black community. Okay, my question. Are you ready? Yeah. It said, uh, Pozo, you're about to go to the next level when it comes to. Yeah, the, you know, presidential campaign. They said there's one small problem. Some of the things you're doing, it's not sitting quite right with people. You want to go in and help uh, the black community? That's great. Only thing is, if you put trades in the school, the trade and labor union loses money because they now they can't control who comes in and out now. Now it's like a free enterprise for that. So that's one problem. I know it's going to help them. I know it's probably going to solve 95% of their issues. We just can't have that one. Another thing you want to do. You want to uh, take money away from essentially the police and the army, the, the military, because that's where the money has to come from, because they are the some of the most funded. Unless we tax other people or the establishments higher, that's where the most of our budget comes from is the military by far. We'd have to trim some of that. And that's just unpatriotic. So we, we don't agree with 
touching any actually we're thinking of taking more from teachers in schools and putting it into the military in prisons I said, oh, okay, okay. Um, another thing you want to do, you want to boost and pay teachers more. Well, teachers really don't make that much money. The prison guard does because that guy doing 45 years and he's not in, able to be in the life of his kids, that's by design. I said, Pozo, the kid's probably going to follow the same path as the father, single-parent households. And we know what the man yeah. represents a home, stability, character, responsibility, uh, self-esteem, yeah. confidence, discipline. He's not in the home. So odds are we've now created a career criminal by legacy, the legacy criminal. And we need that because do you know how many people eat off of the criminal police, judges, lawyers, everybody in the courtroom, insurance agencies, probation officers private companies that sell um, products for them to make and in turn the product that the prison sell uh, back to us like I'm looking at a trash can or a sign that's on the highway that's prison labor we need this and we pay them pennies on the dollar so that those are some of the issues we're having you can't touch the prisoners we need the prisoners we need their kids to be prisoners too. So we'll legacy criminals. Don't touch the, don't reindustrialize the high schools because we need to control that labor union. And if everybody has a trade, they won't need us anymore. Now we, we won't have the jobs for food stamps and snaps and uh, the people working at those offices, they're gonna get cut. So Pozo, you can be a presidential candidate. Those are the parameters that we're facing. Your response. Who are you to tell me what I get to do with my candidacy? Who are you to tell me that everybody doesn't get the same the same opportunity? Who are you to tell me where I'm going to pull money from? It doesn't have to come from the military. That's a large part of our budget. But we're also spending trillions and trillions of dollars overseas every year in countries that we don't have any trade or anything to do with. I know it's a great thing to do, but we're out here protecting people with way too much military force that we don't need. We're spending a ton of money at our southern border when we really should just solve the damn thing. And stop letting everybody come in here. Let people that want to come in and get an education or create a better life for their kids or work or contribute to the economy, great. But illegal immigration costs us $136 billion plus dollars a year. That's a big chunk. There's plenty of places to bring more money from if we do things the right way. It doesn't have to come from our military. It doesn't have to come from our police. But hopefully in the future, some more money comes from the police because we're not creating these legacy criminals like you want me to. There's not as much policing required. There's not as much of a budget required because there's not as much crime. As far as unions go, I'm not big on any kind of union. Just because, like you said, that's exactly what they try to do. They try to control what's going on and who's coming in. I don't care what anybody looks like. If they're qualified to do the job, if they're educated to do something, or if they have the fucking, pardon my language, want to be better, or to accomplish something, or to achieve something, and create a better life for themselves, and their families, and their peers, by all means. But nobody's going to tell me, that's why I'm not, I don't even, you know, I might create my own party, or that's why I don't want to take anybody's money. I, I will completely fund myself, and maybe get 10,000 votes, and I'll be good with it, and lose. But nobody's going to tell me, ideologically, what I'm going to do, what I'm going to say, or how I'm going to treat people, no matter what the hell they look like, because it's just not right. Let me ask this. How much do you want to lose with this presidential campaign? 
financially or the campaign itself? I'm talking about from money to freedoms to um, your your name to your life. What's what is your I mean, budget? Personally, life wise, I'm going to be good. Uh, I'm completely content with myself, who I am, who I've got around me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the friends that I have, my family. Nobody is going to ruin my life. Like they cannot cancel me. People are going to slander me, bro, spear, smear me. They're going to say a lot of things about Joseph Pozo. Everybody, a lot of people are going to attack me. They're going to say all kinds of things. They're going to bring up things I've said in the past that weren't great, whatever. Nobody, I'm not keeping a list of all the stupid shit I've said or done in my life just because a lot of it was a younger time, some of it now, some of it way younger, whatever. I don't really care. All I care about is the vision that I have for our country where everybody gets an equal opportunity, everybody's able to do whatever they want, everybody can make a decent living, everybody can support their family, everybody can do the things they want with their life and have a happy life and not struggle, not wake up, you know, 55 years old, still going to work full-time, doing a job you don't really like to maybe be able to retire in five years and slightly be comfortable. Everybody needs an equal opportunity. Um, I'm not saying we should be taking money, from people who have a lot more success than us, because I don't support that at all. I don't think because Elon Musk has a couple hundred billion that we should just forcibly take his money and give it to people that don't have it here and that shit. He's doing it, and he's doing great things for not only the United States, but for humanity. This dude's going to get us to another planet, just for an, an example. But, you know, everybody needs a fair shake, and it's been talked about over and over and over and over and over again. A lot of people say they want to do it, but they just don't. A lot of solutions are taking money from somewhere and putting it here, or taking money from somebody and giving it to somebody that's not. If we're going to take, if we're going to re-implement, if we're going to restructure the tax system and the use of tax dollars, that money needs to come from things that we're spending money on that it doesn't need to be being spent on. If we read one small example, if you read the last stimulus bill. We spent $29 million in Asia to combat invasive, to combat invasive carp that were damaging a coral reef in Asia somewhere. And for some reason, we thought that $25 million of an environmental process was necessary in that tax bill. For money that we don't have, by the way, we're over $26 trillion in debt as a nation. So we don't, our money isn't worth what it's printed on, which is why I'm in a cryptocurrency. I think we're headed in that direction, but so do this. we got to take all this money. Do this. Give us your what you want people to to take away from you. Give us two sentences. What do, what do you want people, want people to take from you? I want people to know that I back them no matter who they are or what they look like. And that I'll fight for them. I'll stand up for them. I'll speak on their behalf no matter who is saying what to or about me. And I want people to know that there is a tomorrow. And there is a future, and it's a brighter future. It is not everything that it has to be right now or that it's been in the past. Like, we're not going in that direction. America is the greatest and freest nation in the history of Western civilization for a reason, and we're going to keep going in that direction. We're going to keep improving for the better, and I'm going to play a role in that process, and a very integral role, an important role, I believe. And there we are, Joseph Pozo. And with that, we thank you for joining us on Specificity.